Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh my god, welcome back from the holidays, everybody. Yeah. I'm glad it's all packed up and put away. I had a great time, but boy, oh boy, am I ready just to get back to the everyday life of just doing the best I can. You put your Christmas decorations away? (laughs) No, no. I put a few of them away, but then I was like, ooh, this is, I like the lights here still. They're staying for a little longer. Yep. You got to let that twinkle kind of carry you through the impending (laughs) seasonal affective disorder on the way. I suppose I mean more of like the, the journey of the holiday. Holidays, I'm glad is over. Yes, yes. it was a it was a fast paced, hard hearty party. Flights being fucking canceled, oh, being oh, sick, I'm but sorry. still, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Southwest, we can. I don't care. Oh, really demons. fucked up. Uh, canceled my shit. flights. Canceled my flights. I booked. give me a seat. Didn't tell me about. <laughs> give me a seat. Oh, like, yeah. This isn't far and away. This is a fucking. <laughs> When people would do like land claiming, what was it when you like, what were they called? Prospecting? No, No. that's for schooners. Oh, the sooners. 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 Yeah, yeah, the sooners. That's when they left too soon and they could get killed. They cheated. Uh Uh-huh. So Uh, Southwest Sooners. Maybe we should make (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. I always... Because I was so confused by Southwest, I've I've flown it a few times. Where you're like, is this the line where you get in? You get into the the do the potato sack race oh. down the <laughs> down the aisle to do claim you your seat. When they used to give you like plastic numbers before the oh. printouts happened, you would go to the ticket counter when you got to like through security check in and they would give you your plastic is this a county fair place. auction all yeah. right seat number four a going I mean, to the first man in the red it? auction is just like you first come first serve like she give a, you a helmet and shoulder pads well, it's give a class you. system is what it is oh, a baby. b and c class <laughs> a b and c yeah. i coast in b you know chips <laughs> <laughs> i chill i chill in the b class that's okay um, I'll, I'll do the top of the show real quick. Welcome to Sidework Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm Andrea Wallace. And joining us today, oh, I love having the voice with us. You might know it from a Brighter Side Podcast, funny comedian. Welcome, Ed Larson. Hey, yo, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> Did you get your work done? Are you ready to leave? Are you ready for your checkout? Um, you have, did you get all your receipts up. printed up? Oh God, I straight into the shit. Fuck you, I got nervous. So. You can't leave till it's done. Until the macaroni and cheese uh, bin is, is cleaned. You can't you get, get this closer to initial your thing here? Like, can't do your checkout unless it's initialed. Go back and get it. Yeah. So last did you fill the ice machine? Shut up. <laughs> they have to burn the ice at the end of the night. Oh my God, Ed, we like last week's episode was finally about actual side work. Yeah. Like, we've been doing this. Took for us a year. full year to get meta. <laughs> 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 broke that wall. 
And we were talking about the like the closer, you know, mm-hmm. captain, closer, whatever, who then checks everyone out with the side work and you'd get that person who would disappear and you could just never leave. You were like wandering around with a pile of receipts, looking downstairs, looking in the bathroom, looking in the office. You're like, where the fuck are they? I want to go home. It's a bunch of hammered people and you got like $2,000 in cash in your hands. It's yep. A mess. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like sometimes those people, uh, particularly the managers, were hiding from us servers on purpose. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You yeah, you we're going to gonna... get out. You have to do work. Oh, boy. <laughs> you have to go into the windowless office in the back of the kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where it's just like stacks of dry goods. Yeah, it's a, a double, doubles as a panic room, I'm sure. That's oh, very man. nice. Well, we're going to get into Ed's... Uh, is it safe to use the word disdain for other servers? I mean, no, I don't okay. have a problem with servers. Okay, you just never want it. You're proud that you never were one. I'm proud I, I never was one. I, you I, did everything hard, else. I, I have a hard time with customers. Yeah, okay, good. You know, and it's hard for me to be nice. And so I was a chef and a cook for many years and moved into manager. And, and then whatever, yeah. and bartending and bouncer and whatever, whoever didn't show up for their shift, I did their job. <laughs> okay, we're totally, <laughs> totally going to get into that. So good. You're on our team. This isn't going to be a us versus, uh, you know, you. I was very, I was the one person who's always very good to the servers. Awesome. I yeah. love to hear that. I wouldn't let the cooks uh, yell. That was oh, one of my rules. Fuck yes. Shake my you, hand. If I, I caught you, ye- that. If I caught you yelling, you went home early and I'd finish your shift. Wow. Ed. I just got a little Unless bit of a lady right. boner. Unless they were <laughs> <laughs> Ed, where were you for 15 years of my serving career? At the poorhouse and Hooters and all kinds of different places. Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, hell yeah. That's like the trifecta. Crystal River Seafood. What kind of seafood? Crystal River. It's um, oh. it's river seafood. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a poor choice of names. It's from Tallahassee, Florida. Sparkly and delicious. <laughs> the one landlocked city in Florida. Oh, It was my like God. just a little bit nicer than Red Lobster. Okay, step that, that up. was us, yeah. If that's even possible. <laughs> I mean, my God. Well, let's get into a few headlines at the top of the year. Have you guys heard about the 2020 tip challenge going on? I have no. not. All right. So this is just, oh, God. I mean, I love it because it directly benefits servers, um, and it's very random acts of kindness, but people who can afford it, so say the star of the story, Donnie Wahlberger, a.k.a. from Wahlburgers, mm-hmm. yes, and now just in Blue Bloods. Just Wahlberg. Oh, I'm sorry. I called him Donnie Wahlberger. Um, <laughs> Might as well be. But Donnie Wahlberg, who's married to everyone's favorite anti-vaxxer, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, is uh, he? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. Power couple. Mm. Makes um, you think, huh? <laughs> <laughs> But he participated. It's a very Hollywoods uh, patting each other on the back. Like, if you can do it today, (coughs) starting on January 1st, if you're going out to eat, make your tip $2,020 for like an IHOP employee or whoever. And people, whether they're of means or celebrity, have been fully just going out to eat and paying it forward and leaving either $2,000, you know, and $20, or if it's maybe a $10. Uh, check doing like twenty dollars and twenty cents if that's more what they can afford and uh, yeah there's been a whole culture of oh that's nice right 
I do yeah. love that. I love when people do that. They, you know, servers work hard and they deserve a little extra money. One- as long as that server gets their two thousand dollars and tips out the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always drive me crazy when I'd be sitting back there sweating, bleeding, and the waitress come back. She's like, "Someone just left me eight hundred dollars." She's like, "All right, get the fuck out." Yeah, of here. I would be like, <laughs> if I did that kind of tip, I'd be like, everybody gets a piece of something for sure. Or they'll like, I would hate it. It would be like the server that everybody fucking hates that never does any work, and they're the ones. Someone that left of- me a grand. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. "What? You, that means you have to do still do your side work, Jenny. Yeah, you can't not do your side work." You can't because go you got a grand. You can't go straight to the Kia event and lease a new car with your money, Jenny. Okay. Um, well, I, and I do think it's funny because, like, that is great. I think it's classy when it's a little more anonymous because, of course, with, like, Donnie Wahlberger, as I'm going to call him, they it's like, oh, my God, we're going to brag. You know, Jenny McCarthy's is, like, my husband is the greatest husband right. in the world. What a great man. He tipped $2,000. And now, you know, of course, all the focus is on him. But they started a hashtag inspiring other Richie Rich, you know, self-congratulatory. And plus he runs a what? restaurant, so it's nice to see That's him. what I like. To me, that all comes back, you know, yeah. full circle. This is one kind of outbreak I can get behind with Jenny McCarthy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so that's some really cool news to start off the new year. And if you were the recipient of a really generous tip, we'd love to hear from you, because uh, we saw uh, this waitress in Alpena, Michigan. This was one of the other headline-making Parts of the story is she got the $2,020 tip and apparently she just a year ago pulled her life together after being homeless and after struggling with some drug addiction. She's totally on the straight and narrow. One year later, someone left her this tip anonymously. She checked it out. The manager was like, yes, they intended to. And she's like, I can build a life now. In Alpena, Michigan, $2,000. She's like, I can get a better place for me and my kids. Like, it changes lives. Yeah, so no, it does. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Um, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a story. <laughs> Guys, uh, we're excited because once again, it's time for our server submitted, submitted stories. stories. Okay, Stephanie Hill photo. So I have a server submitted story that happened to me today. I work at a pizza place that has been in my college town since the 60s. Today, the husband of the owner of the restaurant got drunk with friends. After his seven-hour shift, he asked who his waitress was, even though he had been helping himself to mostly just draft beer all evening. I tell her he doesn't have one. He says, okay, you are now. Oh, boy. I had just gotten a large table and was in the middle of telling him I'd be right with him as soon as I finished what what was doing. But the man who was at least 6'2 to my 5'1 steps toward me uh, over the employee line and says, let me rephrase. You are my waitress now. Go over there and get us something to eat. I'm in shock and pissed. I asked my coworker who has watched this whole thing and she can and if she can help me and help this man child and thankfully she just takes care of him rudely for two more hours while we while we sit there and scowl at him the whole time. He ended up giving her a twenty dollar tip. But I didn't even want half. I didn't want his horrible money. Oh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I love what you folks are doing. XOXO. At Stephanie Hill Photo. Fucking owners, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Owners are fuckers. Yeah. You know, they're, but when they're in a good place, they're the most wonderful people in the world. But sometimes, you know, they're all mostly, I mean, generalized here, a good portion of them are drug addicts. And so uh, this is just how it goes. I remember when my owner was on Coke, he would just be the worst. 
And when he wasn't, he was the sweetest man in the world. And so it just depends. And so on- it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a power trip, man. And the restaurant is, we've talked about the poison trickling down. And the restaurant has a, a good periods or bad periods mm-hmm. depending on their addiction and how they are punching down and letting like all the shit, you know, roll downhill. Um also, that's just, yeah, that's just abusive. That's just so... It, it's like, terribly abusive. We always talk, too, that... <laughs> we always talk, too, that, like, also owners are clueless because they're usually just the money people. And yeah. they all they do is step in and mess up. They never help. They don't actually know how the place runs. Yeah. You have to kind of humor them and but go, no, oh, I want a restaurant. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want a restaurant. I got, I got money. money and my guy says it'd be a good investment. So now I'm in charge now. I am in charge. Yeah. Not just that. That's bad business. Oh, like, so he, bad. She should be helping the big table. Go help the big table. The big table needs to be taken care of, and then you help yourself. You're the owner. Yeah. If you've been helping yourself the whole time, but he was hammered and he was just trying to show off in front of his friends because yep. he's a piece of shit. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. Get out of here. All right, Mason Fedden, here we go. Another story from you. I'm back in my hometown with friends from the pizza place I used to work at, reminiscing about the bullshit we went through. Another pizza hey, place. Do you guys remember this? When the owner would make them go up to the tables. This was only a few episodes. And say, if you write us a good Yelp review, our boss will give us a free pizza. Which <laughs> yeah. is fucking bullshit. So we don't get to eat yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, as if you're not already eating pizza all day long at oh a pizza place. Okay, so... That being said, I'm back in my hometown with friends from the pizza place I used to work at and reminiscing about the bullshit we went through there. I got to tell the story of the Sriracha Screamer. She she came in one Sunday after church. My favorite shift. Uh, We kept bottles of Sriracha on the table, which is gross for a lot of reasons, but this woman decided she wanted to try some on her pizza. Instead of twisting the top, she tried to pull it off and tried and tried and tried and finally succeeded sending bright red chili sauce squirting up into the sky. (laughs) We watched, unable to do anything uh, to stop what was about to happen, as the garlicky condiment shot upward like it was a slow motion. Like it was in slow motion, making a lazy arc at the top and coming back down straight onto her Sunday best. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Mason, do you take literary writing class? This yeah, is yeah, beautiful. It's really well just, written. It's well she written. goes. No offense, Stephanie. She goes <laughs> off. <laughs> comes marching up to the 15-year-old hostess screaming about how she knows the owners and she's going to sue and she's going to get her fired. What? 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 Because for some reason, it was the hostess's fault. Yeah. Okay. Great. Out of everybody. And, uh, okay. They were both going to have to throw out their outfits and we would have to pay for them for replacements. She tore up the gift certificates my manager offered her, refused to pay for the pizza, packed it into a to-go box, walked out, and then walked back in to pick up her sweet tea and pour it out on the floor (gasps) while maintaining eye contact with the hostess. Straight out of church, everybody. What what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do, lady? Walked out cussing all of us out and talking about how her friends of the own, how her friends, the owners, would have all of our asses for it. We begrudgingly begrudgingly cleaned it up all went to the kitchen and bitched about her for the next 10 minutes and then never saw her again the owner came in laughing the next day asking why his wife's friend from high school sent him such an angry message on facebook (laughs) (laughs) love you guys and happy new year 
Oh, Mason, Mason. you're the fucking best. We love you. Oh, my God. I don't think this lady has found Jesus yet. I'm not sure. She keeps going to church, but she still hasn't found what she's looking for. I think her Jesus is screaming at helpless 15-year-olds because she's embarrassed that she's a fucking idiot the fucking like pouring out the sweet tea while looking at the 15 year old hostess yeah. is it's she's an insane person yeah people are crazy that's the other thing you have to remember is there are a lot of just straight up crazy people right and so you can you know it's better off just to get like that's out of how she like she was embarrassed and that's how she behaved because of it exactly yeah. where it's like you're a dipshit who couldn't get a sriracha bottle top open and so then you basically took down an entire restaurant <laughs> because you can't deal with looking stupid. Yeah. Like that is so deep seated from childhood. But just ends like, up looking like a fucking moron. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like it shit like that is embarrassing. And that is such a deflection. Like that is classic psychology. Can you imagine like if, like if it would have flipped and everybody would have seen it like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Where it's like, what can we do for you? What can we, right. and, that's, and they tried to diffuse, but like she was not, having it oh my god to bear witness to moments like this oh, with yeah. human behavior i love it but it's also so scary when it's happening Man, you know it is scary and but at the same time that's why you have bouncers and i know a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of restaurants don't have bouncers or security we need but, more sunday brunch bouncers yeah, we used to have them at the poorhouse i'll tell you that much i it's, think that place needed a good guy with a gun you know <laughs> to handle to handle the sriracha gate Oh, man. That would have been a... Uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to humiliate people. And other I, times you just got to get them out of your restaurant. Oh I God. like the idea that the CNN headline is like, good guy with a gun in church takes down Sriracha Lady in six seconds before more, <laughs> oh before more lives and sweet teas could be spent. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, guys. We need more. <laughs> yeah. Our new email, hit us up, sideworkpod at gmail.com. Ooh, sideworkpod. Sideworkpodcast was taken? What? Why? What? That's weird. What the fuck? Did we grab it? I year? don't I didn't. Remember. I was really mad. Murder Fist was taken. My old sketch group. Oh, and I was like, yeah. Murder Fist at Gmail. It's like, really? Someone got that? But people do that with websites so that you have yeah. to pay them to release the URL name. And like, you know, yeah, it's very dumb. So someone may have been like, I'm going to go grab Sidework Podcast Gmail. And they have to pay me if they want Villains! I know. These villains living among us, snatching up all our possible email addresses. So guys, you can still drop your server submitted stories into uh, the IG account, but I've noticed that a lot of you um it, it's not good for writing long stories it breaks it up it makes it hard so like let's let's all migrate over to gmail we're well, making it easier for you we're guys making it easier for you and we're us. talking to you mason and uh guys don't be lazy make it your new year's goal you i get little messages we both get messages saying "Ooh, i'm gonna send you something i tell you where to send it and some of you have not followed through 2020 the year of follow through we want to hear from you all right, so you guys, today's topic, inspired by Ed in a lot of ways, is uh, when you wear all the hats at your job, when you kind of do all the things, and many of us have found ourselves doing that at certain establishments where it might not be corporate and have all of its bases covered, uh, for sure. Uh, have you ever had a job like that, where you kind of just had to run the show? I mean, I, I have a job like that now where I'm mm -hmm. always the only person there a lot of the time and don't have any help and I'm used to it. I mean, there were times when I worked at Bad Dog where I was the only server with no busser. Yeah. So, and it was honestly, yeah. or, or but my busser mm. would come in late, so I'd have to run the entire restaurant by myself. Certainly didn't have to cook, but it was it was pretty much like, 
one person like running the kitchen, one person running the front, which yep. is still like crazy. One right? person back yeah. of house, one person front yeah, of house. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that lunch shift was was 100% like, you're like, okay, I'm the host. I'm seating you. I'm grabbing your drinks. I'm busting. I'm cleaning. Actually, I'm going to help because uh, when the kitchen would get slammed, I mean, I'd even like wash my hands real quick and oh, yeah. help plate, do the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, put because- a salad together. Absolutely, because it's only helping me get my food out to my tables even quicker because, yeah. Those... And you could see they're slammed. You 100%. Know, like, yeah. We were like a little symbiotic, just like machine that got through it, high five. And then you do feel shitty, though, at that, like you were saying, that like, God, they get their wage that sucks. We both worked just as hard, and then yeah. you do walk out. We're like, I made great bank today. Yeah. yeah. But also, when you make nothing, they still make their money. That is the flip side. And that is the flip side. We are going to do an episode about the January slump where the kitchen usually out earns the, mm. the, you know, front of house servers because. In New York, it. it was summer slump. That makes sense. No so. one would come in the summer. It would be dead all summer long. So yes, that's what we wanted to talk about. This is your place where you quote unquote ran the show. This is um, an establishment called the Village Poor House in mm. Manhattan yes. uh, on 3rd and. 10th. It was on 10th? My yes. Bad. Okay. But it was right by Webster Hall, which was a crazy rock and concert and comedy venue. Very, very big shows went through there. No, it was a lot of fun. We'd always, I'd always uh, take care of uh, the bands, too. I'd always tell them to send them over, and I'd, and I'd always take care of them. So that was fun, because I'm a huge music nerd. So I was just like, yeah, send them over. We'll hook them up. I love that shit. And, you, so it was, and I'd hide them, too, so nobody would bother them, and I'd give them their own little room and all that stuff. It was the best. I love it. I love it. So so give us a rundown of what you did over your time and how long at the Village Poorhouse. So I started working there in like 2009. Uh, I just gone through a breakup and the girl I was with uh, wanted me to have an office job and I hated it. And so as soon as we broke up, I quit my job because I hated being there and I just went back to cooking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go be a cook. And so I have a good cook resume because I cooked from when I was 16 to whenever. And so I go in with my resume. They hire me on the spot. And I love that because just start working. I love if you get hired on the spot, just start working. You'll work there forever. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. And then they went through like three chefs in my first four months. And then they were like, you show up on time. Do you want to be chef? And so I just became chef. And that lasted about four years. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, which was great because everyone there went to culinary school and all this <laughs> shit. And I was just like, I'm just, dude, I just want to have control of the schedule so I can do comedy at night. And then so it was, just, it was perfect for me. And then once I became chef, then, then everything else followed after that. Now I'm a manager. Now I'm bartending. Now I'm doing this. I'm in and out of the kitchen. Bouncing. Bouncing. When If the bouncer doesn't show up, you know, like you, ha- there has to be a bouncer or, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. Cause especially in a place like that, we sold the second most Bud Light in Manhattan. Whoa. Number one was Madison Square Garden. Whoa. So we, Shit. we sold a lot, a lot of beer. It like, says a lot, a... especially like Bud Light drinkers. It just, it's, it's, it's that, that kind of place. Scene. It's yeah. those type of New Yorkers. Had you ever been there? I actually did go there one time when you did John, John Oliver's That's show. That's where I went, yeah. Brooke sent me to the poorhouse and like your, one of your friends. You were came... with Lindsay, I No, think. no, no, Greg. Who's your like kind of oh, like Greg male Wilson. model friend? My male model friend. Yeah, yeah. Male model Greg. You're yes. like, um, my, my very handsome friend Greg will meet you there. And so I think you, I had gotten there and you dropped me off and then he came a few hours later. But I just remember it was very, very typical, kind of a little divey looking yeah. bar, a like sporty, but not aggressive. Yeah, not sporty. aggressive a at all. A lot of TVs when when there needed to be, but we were one of the places that if there wasn't sports on, we would shut off some of the TVs to kind of give it a better ambiance and yeah. stuff like that. 
Definitely. And take down that we'd always take down and up the projectors. You know, we didn't want to, you know, abuse people. But when there was sports, it was sports. It was crazy. Yep. And then we, that's where we made our money. You know, it was during football season. And I think I remember like going to the bathroom. There was a little back room back there. Yeah, that there was I remember a big seeing. back room that kept moving. It kept, it, there was a lot of space in that. You're just fully like owning the place, even taking it to the next level where they're like, yeah, you can have shows and make festivals oh, like, and just run it. Yeah, they're like, do whatever the hell you want. You know, at this God, point. That's then, trust. I wasn't the GM, but I was, you know, I was there every day, no matter what. Were you ordering a lot? And I ordered all the food. Wow. Not the booze. Well, sp- speaking of the booze, I'm looking at the Village Poorhouse uh, drink menu. I'm looking at the booze bowls. Yes. Oh, those are those are new. Everything's okay. kind of gone to shit. The one okay. I used to work at is actually gone. Um, but basically, at, when me and a couple of the other guys that were running the place, uh, we all got fed up with the owners and we all quit at the same time. And they went and opened up a new restaurant oh. called American Whiskey. Oh. That's really great. Go check out American Whiskey. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. But Village Poorhouse just got incredibly too corporate. And they had like a corporate office that was downtown. And they would like kind of run our jobs. And like they made oh. us like, like, if you don't get me 15 emails a day during your shift, like we're going to start docking your hours oh, and stuff like that. Oh, come on, Applebee's. Yeah, and like, so, we're, so I refuse to do the email 15 thing. 15 emails a day for what? Because they wanted to put it out for their, you know, for their email, for their email blast. Oh, I see. And they were like, yeah. basically, and they would say that, you know, one out of 10 people gets a free hour open bar for them and their friends. Oh, that kind of shit. Yeah, but it was that. But then I found out this place was so, I was like, honestly, fuck them. The, uh, they were selling the emails to, um, uh, telemarketers at five cents a piece. I found out afterwards because like the, there was a, they had a leak in the front office that kept telling me everything, and so I was just like, <laughs> More I was like, was like <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I could I was so when I found out about that I was like you fucking demons, and so because they wanted every waitress to get ten emails I was like that's annoying no I customer wants to be asking their email fucking stand this shit yeah so i just told them to fill out fake email addresses or just put down people that didn't like email addresses and just like i didn't like i don't care i was just just write fake shit and then that's it and then we'll hand it in and then no that'll that'll be that for me on the record it's like email list is so voluntary the places i like if you're on the way out or there's a little guest book that you can sign i've done it and i like i'm excited if i like the place I'll, i'll add it don't force me. It yeah. drives me crazy. That's awful. And it just, it looks so tacky when there are like slips on the table and all that. Yeah. It just reeks of corporate. If I'm mingling, the last thing people want is for like me to like stop like the fun banter we're having. It's like, by the way, can I get your email? Yep. You know, it's so, yep. it's so annoying and it's, Kills ta- the mood. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And so I never, I refused to do it. It was one Good. of the part of the jobs. They also wanted me to like promote them on Facebook all the time. And so, and I refuse to do that because, you know, I do comedy. I'm like, Facebook's, that's, that's, my, my... that's my thing that mm-hmm. I do. I'm like, you have no control of my Facebook. And they used to tell everyone if they didn't do it, they'd be punished. And I told them, fuck it. I was like, this is a, this is a, a voluntary job. I'm yeah. not the owner. My platform outside of this is to promote what I want to do with my life. So like, it's just like the dudes also, the- I think that that you, you should never be tasked with using your personal like life to promote your professional life when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I don't, no. I don't do not think that is when you walk out of those doors, you're not like, I'm not going to be like running down the street singing. Like everybody come see me. Well, maybe you take that back. Like that. 
that's kind of no, how it used to work as bartenders. Say, it's like word then, of mouth, come in and see. Absolutely. And only because like social media and new marketing was like, well, let's invent all this new bullshit that we will sell these restaurants that they think they'll need. Right. But the point is your, your social media should be used to benefit no one other than you. So yeah. if you want to say, hey, I'm bartending tonight, come see me tonight totally. so I can make good money. Great. But like on a Thursday, you're not even working and you're like, oh, cool wing special at the poor house. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people who still like, uh, like my friend Vivian, who bartends at Kuma's Corner in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She always posts when she's going to be bartending. Oh, yeah. And honestly, she has a huge following and she, yeah. it probably really, really benefits her. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If like they would have asked, I would have done it. But the fact that you told me I had to, I was like, fuck you. And there was potential I was like, I punishment. Refuse. I refuse. Yeah, I refused to do it. Then I'm like, all right, let's see this punishment. I want to see what you're going to dole out. And they had no grounds and they never did anything to me. And I eventually, like, they were, I used to go back and forth with this guy, Nate. Nate, I wish I remember his last name. He was such a piece of shit. He was like one of those, like, former New Jersey, like, failed models. <laughs> And like I and I started and I like looked through his and I found like some glamour like, shot wait, of his. Is this, is this that uh, documentary on Netflix called "Don't F with Cats"? Is this, is this the guy who killed a bunch of kittens on YouTube. This sounds familiar. He seems like that type of dude. But he, I found this old like Jersey model pic where it's like him in a leather jacket with no shirt yep. underneath, and I just made it my profile picture and then blocked him. So that was the only thing he could see. <laughs> But I, I was, everyone was so proud of me. Like even the people who like who were supposed to be on his side were like, "That's really a good job." <laughs> so okay, so I know you said you've never served before. You've never actually been a server, but just like, when I had to, sure, exactly. Because I'm sure there were days where it was like oh, I was the only. You're person the bartender, there. so you had to go out and take tables and be on the floor and do all the do all the jobs. I had days when only me and a busboy showed up, and I had to <laughs> literally take someone's order, run in the kitchen, put it on the grill, run behind the bar, pour their beer, go give it to them go flip the burger go back to another table like i had those days a couple times and that shit was crazy I mean, those are red letter days for sure and i mean do you remember having a day like that and being like i'm in complete control or was it always a fucking shit show like everything's oh, no. burning down i've had um i've had the place get taken over by uh soccer fans a couple times mm-hmm. uh because we were right by nevada smith's which was a huge soccer bar and which, and then they would, their overflow would come into our place. And I didn't always know when the big soccer games were. Right. I don't it's give a strange. shit. And they're a very specific group of people. And they're at 10 AM. And so it's just like, I don't know what's going on. And if it's not written in the notes, then I'm not, I don't know this thing's coming. And then I'll show up to work and there'll be a line around the corner of people trying to get in. And I haven't even started to open the fucking place yet. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And so I'll, and then I remember one time when it was a USA versus UK. Do you remember how that big match Dude. in the World Cup? Yep. They took over the poorhouse. It got to a point where like I just locked the doors and kept everyone in there. They were smoking cigarettes inside. It was me and like four other people in there. I was like, only hot dogs on the menu. That's the only thing we're serving: hot dogs and tater tots. No one's allowed to order anything else. So smart. And then and then I was and then I was like, and then you only can get beer, no hard no hard liquor. Yeah. I'm like these are the so rules smart. right now for the so- for the for the soccer match. And then they took over. And then I remember the cops showed up. 
and you're like, we're going to shut this place down. I was like, honestly, like there's going to be a riot if you shut this place down. I was like, I don't know what happened. This like came into like, these are Europeans. Yeah, these are soccer fans. And so the cops actually, cause they loved our place. Cause we'd always hook them up and like, mm-hmm. we'd take care of the cops. And so they actually like helped like run security for us for a couple hours until we got those people out of there. Wow. And it was like, and they like, honestly, like, on, like they were smoking weed inside They were, And then like every time anyone left for a second, I wouldn't let them back in. Cause the only thing I had control over yeah. was the door. That's the only thing I could, I just stopped cooking at one point and I just started running the door. And then eventually like, it just became into like a brawl. And then you just had to like wrestle people out of there. And then the cops arrested a couple people. But and then, and then that was, you know, but that happened occasionally at the, the poor house. How many people just, do you think were actually in the bar that day? I mean, way over capacity. Like, it was shoulder to shoulder, people, like, sitting on tables. Like, it was, uh, I couldn't even, an uncountable amount. And, uh, <laughs> what was capacity? I mean, do you remember what capacity was, just for reference? Capacity was, like, uh, like 200. Jesus Christ. And four so, employees? Yeah, and there was, like, four employees. And we was just, we were doing our best. And so yeah. I figured, and then I got the full, and then I changed up the way we did soccer from then on. And we always made more money and had a controlled audience. What I did was I charged a cover. And so I charged a $10 cover to come in and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And so now whenever people came in, there were people who had a little more money. And they paid their $10 cover. So they wanted to watch the game. And they all sat there in silence. And they all ordered food. And they all like ordered drinks. And I was like, oh, this is, this is right. And then I left the riffraff outside. What did you do with the cover? I mean, you give it to the boss. Great. Yeah. No, you just, you, you just put it in there and it goes to whatever. You know, we, we always get bracelets. And there's always the bracelet money that would occasionally go missing mm-hmm. when uh, the corporate people would come in. Interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I always said if they never stole from each other, they'd always make, they'd all make the same amount of money. It's also like, it, it, <laughs> it's interesting too. And this is like, we should write this down. Like a place where you can like legally, you have a license to charge a cover at the door and how that can like change like the point of view. Yeah. I don't know if we legally did to be honest with you, but we <laughs> or did. I guess just, you know, you just have bracelets. I guess if yeah. you just charge a cover and how it sets a precedent. And yeah. Oh, cha- yeah. No, exactly. And then it would, people knew that like the higher class soccer fans knew to come to our place instead of Nevada Smiths. And then we started selling like, all like high, you know, like high liquors. And Plus, stuff Nevada like Smiths is a stupid name for a bar. Anyway. It really was. It really was. Man, <laughs> know what we were? We were ground zero for SantaCon. Mm, we brought this up. This oh, was God. a December episode where it, it's bars in New York. You would this get year, your cup. Them. Thank yeah. God. About time. I was on the fucking. I would always scream into the Netherlands. Just. Anytime a paper would come by afterwards, I was like, this is a problem. We need to stop this. Like, every They're time. Predators. It, it was, I honestly. They're like sexual uh, predators I had a, in disguise. I, I caught people fucking in the basement. I thought, like, I saw some dude. I literally, I Looney Tunes threw out some dude one time. Like, <laughs> like he, he just, like, I was standing there, like, just watching the crowd, monitoring them. Because they weren't ordering food. They were just getting hammered. And so I'm just sitting there watching the crowd, you know, acting as a bowl a full of jelly. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, also there was a the belly whole... full of jelly. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's right. A, a bowl, bowl full of, of jelly. jelly. Yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> it was the same situation. We open at eleven at ten o'clock. There's a fucking line around the block of Santa Clauses, all with like flasks and shit, hammered. Like before they even come They've in. They've been drinking. So they probably haven't slept. They're all on coke. They're yeah, like, yeah, no, this it, is the best day of their life. Is the best day of their life. And so they come in. I remember one of them just like. Just like reached back and slapped one of my waitresses right in the ass as hard as possible, and I and he was so tiny. I don't know what the fuck he thought he was doing, and I just I guess he didn't know I worked there, and I was just gonna let it happen. I just like engulfed him, <laughs> just like I just like put my arms around him and I took him out to the side door, and I literally put my hands on the back of his yes, pants. <laughs> 
my hand on it, threw him out. And you I was Superman, like, like, like I'm a pile of trash bag. You're fucking a log. You're trying to knock a, doubt, a door down with. Like, oh man. I still remember when I caught the people fucking. I was like, do not fuck in my basement. I was like, you're out of here. Look, like, come on, man. It's like, no, you are kicked out for fucking in the storage unit like it's just like every the whole there was it was literally like it was a fist i had to fight people all day long like you can't there was no amount of money that would make me do that again and that was the also the day i realized that bouncers get paid way too little whatever it is yeah you know because it's an impossible job because anyone decent you don't talk to you only talk to people who are way too drunk and chatty or are horrible and you got to get rid of them. And so you don't talk to a, de- a decent human. It's just like, oh, have a good day. You know, it just like keeps on yeah, moving. Thank you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's just like they deal with all the worst people in society. Day after SantaCon, I'm working. I'm like horrible. I hate everything. And the guy from one of the managers from Webster Hall comes over and he's like, I thought I saw you had a rough day yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah, SantaCon is fucking awful. He's like. Yeah, he's like, so I closed down Webster at four, and then I went home to my girlfriend's house, and I'm playing video games, and it's like 5.30, and the morning rolls around, and her roommate comes in, and she's dressed like a Santa, and she's just like way out of it. And she's like, hi, how you doing? And she's like, oh, hey, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, you know, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. And then she's like, I'm going to go to sleep. And then she, he said she turned around, and the back of her Santa suit was just like really like burgundy and like dark brown and then he realized that her head was split open and she like someone had broken a bottle over her fucking head and then so he like took her to the emergency room over at uh like uh, what was it beth israel or whatever yeah, yep. he took her to the emergency room over there and it was six o'clock in the morning and it was all santa claus oh sure it that was in, all people I'm dressed sure. like santa claus at six in the morning and then he tried to take a picture and they made him delete it off his phone <laughs> and they're like but come on we need to submit this as evidence to the mayor <laughs> to shut down SantaCon. <laughs> I am glad I don't work there anymore because I think one of the like, the big problems with working in a sports bar or a crazy place like that is you just drink too much. You've got to get through it. And yeah. we, we talk about it. The, the stress is like you almost have to keep up with the insanity by also kind of self-harming yeah. to, to get through it, you know? And yeah. people buy you shots and like, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're a bartender, you know? And so like I had a couple times where you just had to like, you know, remove people and send them home and stuff. But like you have to put them in a cab because they're so drunk and shit like that. <laughs> you know, but, like I always took care of everybody. I didn't like, uh, I wouldn't fire anyone because I always knew that, you know, unless they were like really out of control. Well, if you're showing up, that way you're showing then, up that way you're a fire. Th- then then you're a fucker yeah. yeah yeah but if it happens during your shift and you get one too many you know like as long as it's not a big problem in you know as long as it doesn't keep happening mm-hmm. you know i'd always let it i'll always let one or two slide but man it was always a, those people i mean poor house was insane the poor house sounds like a little bit like very wild westy it really was very wild westy and it was a lot of fun until it got way too corporate and then we all split and it was like, and we were making hand over fist and money. I don't know why they ever like turned it into like a crazy corporation thing. I had my food cost at 10%. I was, oh, we, wow. were, we yeah. were, I was killing it. And I they, think there's a, there's a thing where it's like, well, but we're in charge. See, and we'll, t- we're, yeah. we're, we're in charge no matter what. So like you think that you've got it under control, but we know better. I feel like that's kind of how things go. Oh yeah. Which I mean, now shitty. the place is closed down. Now the place is empty because they fucking they they took all the good people and they fucked us and we split 
and then they replaced me with some dude who used to hide cocaine on top of the cheeseburgers. And yeah, you know, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Like, Where did I go? There was like he used to like literally he used to keep uh, coke in the low boy, uh, and so like whenever uh, he like bent down, he'd like do a little uh, sniff, and then he'd come back up and like super sly, yeah. dude. <laughs> But I will say, I did love the restaurant business. I'm happy I'm not really in it anymore. But just because, I mean, I would be different now that I'm a little older and more responsible. But just the drinking, it was just Mm -hmm. too much. It was too much. Every night, it would be just, we would close and then we'd drink for like an hour. Yep. And then we'd go home hammered every single night. And so it was just like, it was was way too much. And, and, you know, like, it it was fun. And, uh, but it was, you can't do it. And plus, it was just, you know, it's very... I mean, now that I'm old, it's sexist, like crazy. We weren't allowed to hire someone if they weren't hot, you know, it was just like, yeah, which yeah, wasn't allowed actually. and shit. And so it was just, it was, you know, it was a fucked up place, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. You know, being able to like harness the power to run the whole fucking show night after night after night after night and be good to your employees and be good to your, you know, your customers and tell everybody else to go fuck themselves and they weren't being like great. It's so yeah. awesome. I mean, it's just, it's so great to meet someone like who loves it and was so genuine, you know, have to, and that's what we're all. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Have to. Otherwise, what are you doing? But my corporation, man, they used to fuck around. They, used, they would always hire like famous people's siblings. No. Like, like we had like, like, uh, like David Wright's brother was a manager and he was a fucking idiot. And I remember one time I came in to check one out. One of the Baldwins. Yeah. Yeah. One of the Wahlburgers. Yeah, we, 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 so let me tell you about Matt Wright. He, um, David Wright's brother, he was the ba- uh, the third baseman for the Mets who like owned Vitamin Water with 50 Cent, that guy. Uh, his brother, they, we hired him just so David Wright would come in more often. And uh, basically his brother was so dumb that it was the second shift I came in to see him and I went to check in on him, and he had taken the, the combination to a, the safe, and he put it on a post-it note and put it on the safe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, I was like, put that, like, anywhere else. Other. Like, like any like any other place in the restaurant but the spot you put it in. I, like, I couldn't believe it. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Ed. Yeah, yeah, super fun. Be but great. I didn't talk at you guys too much. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, this is, like, what we do. <laughs> That's a podcast. It's going to trigger yeah. all our listeners. It's going to be great. Nice. <laughs> I know. You made me. Go to American Whiskey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two times. I counted two times. Like, stop, stop. Oh, line out the door before you even open is like. Yeah. yeah. Before I even like set in, set foot inside. Oh, I was furious. But anyway. Ugh, whatever. Here's a tip. Be good to your wait staff. Be good yes. to your cooks. Please be good to your cooks and like develop a relationship with them. If they even if they're if they're one of them shitty, develop a good relationship with the other one because they'll end up sticking up for you. Uh, tip out the bus boys as much as you can. They will take care of you and make sure your tables are clean. And if you want, you can go ahead and take care of that hostess as well. And she'll make sure you get sat fast with good, smart people. Again, that was Ed Larson joined us. You can check out his podcast, The Brighter Side, with Amber Nelson, who's been a really funny, great guest that we love as well. And uh, yeah, give him a listen. And you know what we say at the end of the episodes. Godspeed and good tips.
Guys, thanks for listening to Sidework Podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review. That's how we feel validated. And maybe one day we'll be able to hawk some Casper mattresses. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 